0: It is great to have you on the Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollack and Pastor Jay. I'm Joel House, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. I would like to highlight a ministry that I have loved for years, Compassion International. Compassion is an incredible organization that is all about releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. They currently serve over 2 million children and their families in some of the most poverty-stricken areas of the world. And here is my favorite part. All of this is happening in the local church. Compassion is all about equipping the local church so every single child is cared for by the leaders in their community. As a pastor, I found Compassion to be a strategic part of our global mission strategy. As a church, we've incorporated Compassion into our focus on Honduras. Compassion made it easy for everyone in our church to put their faith in action by caring for a child in need. I would encourage anyone listening to learn more about Compassion, sponsor a child, and release them from poverty in Jesus' name. Visit Compassion.com slash Family Goals to sponsor a child today. Pastor Jay and Davey are continuing their convo on the B attitudes. Take a listen. I saw I saw
1: the look on your face when I broke out the, the what, knee high. So, what, so... It's a a new episode.
2: Okay. Welcome welcome back, everybody. Thank you. Welcome back to the Family Goals Podcast. Sorry, I'm going to be very abrupt. We appreciate you tuning in.
1: What is is that? Okay, so this is a knee-high orange soda. Let me. I got one for you, one for me. So one of the members of our church, Jennifer cooked them dinner and, and went over their house. So this has...
2: 51 grams of sugar.
1: 51 grams of sugar. And so... What the guy told Jennifer was, oh. it has hundred and two percent of your daily need of sugar, and he was telling her that he loved her hundred and two percent. Like he was. Now this is like a, a gentleman in his eighties. Okay. <laughs> so he was he was trying to win Jennifer over. So he get, but he gave one of these. He, he should drink these when he was little, and I thought Pollock's gonna love this. So apparently you need 50 grams of sugar per day. I don't even know the stats on this.
2: (laughs) So it says added sugar. So it's 51 grams of added sugar. You don't need added sugar in your diet. There is no percentage on added sugar because you don't want added sugar. Natural sugar is fine. Fruit has natural sugar. Food has natural sugar in it, period. This is just straight sugar water. I apologize to... (laughs) I, I don't... I don't know why you're making me do this on the podcast because I'm crapping on his knee highs or whatever you heck you call this thing, but this is straight trash. You might as well just take a a, a thing of sugar and dump it in your mouth and pour water in there.
1: Would you? Would
2: no. you drink this no. right
1: now? No. Like, like I got no. a, I got a hundred dollar bill in no. my bag. What Could I give you a hundred dollars?
2: Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> There's I brought, no number no, I, I told Jennifer in I said I'm gonna bring a hundred dollars and see if Pollock will drink this for a hundred dollars.
2: No, not even close. Would you drink
1: it for two hundred (laughs) dollars?
2: Let's keep going. Let's keep going. There's not a number. I don't think I don't think you're gonna get to a number where I'm gonna drink fifty one adagrams of sugar for absolutely no reason. (laughs) (laughs) That is dumb. That is and, and people do this on the regular. You drink Cokes, you drink this stuff like the, the, I knew the,
1: you were gonna love this. The, fur- the fastest way to be, to be out this. of shape is to just to
2: have sugar. Sugar is Satan. Like that is horrible. Now you've
1: told me many times, yes, you're not supposed to drink your calories. No, right? Don't drink your calories. Yeah. So, um, I just you just want love- to get a rise out of me, right? <laughs> to start the
2: show, nice, and it worked.
1: Fifty-one. Golly. Yeah,
2: just read your label, guys. When you're drinking something, <laughs> read your label. It's not hard. If it has a lot of sugar, stay away from it. Like, there's a reason that you've, you oh, you get out man. of shape, and that's a I, large part of doing it. Yeah,
1: I, I like to try to get a rea- – so we're in the LSU pullover – yeah. I was trying to get a reaction out of you at your little Georgia fan You're fest. a little
2: irritant. That's what you are. I like that. <laughs> I thought He's a troll.
1: Joe, <laughs> your dad's a troll. The older He's, he's, he's a trolling
2: a troll. you right now. He's an absolute troll. Oh, How about oh, that? Trying oh, to get a rise out of I just
1: I, I I'm I'm kind of so excited that it that it it had such an <laughs> on you. I just <laughs> I just
2: can't believe this is real business and people drink. I'll let
1: this. you take that home. You put it you can take put it on your shelf. You know what? You could put this you on know. your shelf
2: for six years and it'd still be fine. You can still drink <laughs> it with that much sugar in it.
1: So I wanna I wanna follow back up this week on my original thought. Okay. In order to be incredible, you first have to be credible. And we were beginning to talk about the Beatitudes. Yep. And so the first one we talked about if you be poor in spirit. And so Jesus in his famous Sermon on the mountain, I was thinking, okay, you, preaching. I mean, of course, this is the greatest sermon of all time, and the greatest sermon that was ever, which was ever preached. And so the beginning of any sermon is like the most important thing. Like you say, the most important thing first, and you want to hit them with the headline and yeah, back it up, grab people's attention. Yeah. So you've been doing, you've been doing a lot of speaking, and so you want to you want to grab someone's attention right off the bat. So this is, I mean, this is. This is Jesus greatest sermon ever. This is the very first thing he says and so he wants to grab uh, their attention. And so he says, "God blesses those who are poor." So you want to grab someone's attention right off the bat. So this is I mean this is this is Jesus greatest sermon ever. This is the very first thing he says and so he wants to grab uh, their attention. And so he says, "God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him." So that was the first thing um, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And the second thing he says, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So, what are your thoughts on that? What the does God that God blesses those who. Well, I did. I did some research here. You, know? oh, some, you, looked, you some, got
2: your fingers twiddling together, I, so you looked excited <laughs> over there.
1: Well, it's more mourning for the sins of the nation, like a mourning, like a burden for the law, like mourning for people who. Who don't know Jesus, like 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 our heart breaks for any anyone who doesn't know Jesus, especially people in our family, friends that we have, and we, we talked on the podcast yeah. earlier about our kids' friends and want, want to reach our kids' friends, and so so we're we're mourning, we're we're lamenting the sins of the nation, or we're we're mourning for those who don't know Jesus. We're like we're praying for revival. Uh, G, Jesus said that we're to have compassion. people who don't know him sheep without a shepherd
2: well and you can never and we've talked about this before but like you can't hold people to a standard that doesn't exist in their lives right like i can't treat somebody who's a non-believer like they're a believer and hold them to a standard because they don't have a standard that they're held to but you have a standard you're held to i can hold you to a standard Mm -hmm. um but i think it's important i think another thing too about you talk about speaking another thing too is knowing your audience like that's a that's a big deal like knowing that I think a big deal is knowing the relationship you have to someone because not every relationship is the same right like everything you know kids are dependent on parents parents are the authority over kids me and you are friends you're my pastor you know like we don't have this not everybody has the same relationship to you to you to you to them and you got to understand that because you have a lot of we have a lot of uh I'm not say leverage. You have a lot of influence. Influence would be a better word. You have a lot of influence over people. And you can use that influence for good, but you can also use that influence for bad. And but I think understanding the relationship to someone you have and understanding that helps you become more sympathetic towards them, plug into their lives better, have more influence over what you what they say and what they do or how you can impact them.
1: I think that's a great point because if you have a relationship with someone that's built on years and years and years of trust, like you and I, like we've yeah. known each other for years and years. So you trust me, I trust you. I could have a harder conversation with you. Like I could really challenge you on something or you could challenge me. You could call me out on something. And I and I would take it better than someone I don't even know <laughs> calling, calling me out on something or challenge me. So I do think like the speaking, like at Greystone Church, I've known people for years and years and years and years, and so it's easier for me to speak to a group of people that officiated their child's uh, wedding. I spoke at their mother's funeral. I went to the hospital. When they were battling cancer, so I, ha- I have a relationship with them that they're trusting what I'm saying, and years and years and years of kind of the credibility yep. that we're talking about. Now you're flying into Texas or California or Savannah, they don't, they don't, don't know anything. you, no. so it, it's a, it is a, it is a little bit different uh, speaking to no. pe- people that you don't know. So,
2: but I do I do like that I do like what it's what it's saying there. I mean, first of all, I like the. I love the poor because it's it's really the ones that are in need. Like the poor mm-hmm. are the ones that are crying out, the ones that are in need. And then you talk about the lost are the ones that are in need and greater yeah, need. in greater need. They they're lost. They're trying to find their way. They both those the poor
1: and the lost need help. Yes. Yeah, so, so we mentioned Honduras in, in our last episode. They're they're poor financially, but they're rich in spirit. That like, like sixty percent of Honduras is Christian. So we're also planting a church, and we did missions work in Scotland. Well, they're wealthy. Like they every time I hear the word Scotland, I have to say it in an accent in my head, or I see Mel Gibson <laughs> from Braveheart. That's a great movie, but in but in Scotland they're spiritually poor. They're they're less than one percent Christian. Yeah. So says so Jesus is addressing the. Okay, financially uh, financially poor, but now 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 he gets into the to the spiritually poor, and uh, I can't re- I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not. My Je- <laughs> so Jennifer spoke at church, and she was like, after the first service, we did the second service, and then in, in the message or in the second, she's like, I can't I couldn't remember if I had already said it because I'd already said it once, you know. That's hilarious, and, and that shows
2: you we're getting old, by the yeah. way. Did I say that in that one, or I yeah, can't remember. I can't remember. I think I said, I said something to Lindsay the other night about, oh, I want to say that on the podcast. And she was like, you already did. I was like, oh, crap, I did? She was like, yeah, you've already said that. I
1: was well, like, that's what I want to, I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not, but you texted me one time with the question, if Jesus answered every prayer that you prayed this week, how many, How many new people would be in heaven? Basically, are you praying for, for your lost friends and family? And that's, yep. a, that's a convicting... I can't remember if we talked about it. We did. We talked, we talked about it on the pod, but okay. man,
2: but that was that thing rocked me to the core because my answer was zero for that week.
1: Because so much of our prayer requests is revolving around kids,
2: our... Kids, wisdom, my yeah. wife, people that are hurting, but like... But it's, but it's been cool. It's been a cool and an eye-opening thing because with the kids now... But but you know what's funny? The longer it goes away from you hearing and reading that, the lo- the more it slips back. You slip back into some of your old ways until you hear it again. Then you're like, "Crap!" Like am I? And then I see somebody that me and you know me and Lee are pl- praying for the specific girl all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say her name because I get in trouble with that with my wife. But right. we're praying for the specific girl. We're praying for the specific boy. It was really cool the other day. One of Nicholas's teammates um, last Wednesday got got saved at oh, wow. uh, at Greystone. It was all. It was it was, it was oh. amazing. Um, but it was. We've been praying for other names, uh-huh. other specific yeah. names, but it was but it was another one of his teammates. So that was that is so cool. I was like, that's a win. I, I told Nicholas, I was like, you got an opportunity now. Like, go say something to him, help him, pour into him. You know, like give him a. Uh, I think a lot of us, you know, they're searching for who to hang out with and who to who to be around. And I was like, go go be go be helpful
1: for him. Go be a light for him now. I think a practical tool, and I've gotten away from this, but I I was just reminded of it just now. Is keeping a top ten list. And I think that's something we could do with our kids. And I need to be—I used to do it, and I need—I haven't done it in a while. But keeping a top ten list of people that I'm praying for that would come to know Christ. Yeah. And then you're praying for it every day, and then maybe your kids have—you have a list with your kids, and y'all are together praying for it. And then, like this kid who became a Christian last week. I mean, why? How exciting is that to check that person off the list, and then add a new add a new person? We should come up. We should
2: come up with a. We should do a we should do a prayer schedule or a prayer calendar or something like that to help people with prayer. I mean, I, I, I could use it as well, like, but to help you write down and cause there's a lot of different ways I, I've met with different pastors before and people before. And it's always interesting to find the way that they do things. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people have a specific day of the week that they pray for a specific group, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like Mondays for their friends and family that are, are, are lost. You know, Tuesdays are for leaderships and people in, in leadership areas. Wednesdays are for, you know, their kids or specific things about like, it's, it's interesting, but it's, it's different ways to make sure you stay on task. Once time goes by, I start to slip away, slip away, slip away. And if you can do a journal, or if you can do things Mm -hmm. like you're talking about a list of something that you have to look in front of you every single day, every single week, it'll help organize your thoughts a lot better.
1: Well, it's impossible to pray for everything every day. So dividing it up. And of course you, you pray for your, your spouse and your kids and you know, certain things every day, but then, you know, different days of the week, you can pray for different churches, yep. different groups, different different family members or friends. Lot, lot, a lot,
2: lot more likely to succeed
1: if you write it down. Yeah, break it, break it up, write it down. Maybe, maybe we we'll get Lindsay to organize this for us. Uh, she's got a calendar for that. <laughs> calendar that has a calendar that has a calendar. She is amazing. All right, verse five says, God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. And so I was thinking about I mean, Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount here, he's talking about humility. And then he was the greatest example of humility. And I'm thinking about taking it to the cross, how he humbled himself. And if you look at Philippians chapter two, it kind of goes through the we're we're to put other people ahead of ourselves. We have the same attitude of Jesus. And it says that the humbled he humbled himself and went, you know, went from heaven to earth. And and even the humility of him. Hanging on the cross for our sins. I mean, just the—he's Jesus is the greatest example for us in so many areas. But I think humility, even more so. What 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 are your thoughts on humility?
2: Well, and even how to handle quarrels, how to handle difficult situations, how to handle stressful situations. Because I think, I think it's very easy to live out your faith in everyday life when everything's going well. But man, it's a lot harder to to be a man of faith when tempers get hot and people say something and attack you. And, um, so I think that he showed you too in difficult situations, situations he didn't want to be in, you know, situations that were storms, you know, situations that were things that were going on, but he always handled it easily. He didn't fight, turn the other cheek, right? Like, I I think a lot of us, I'm around a lot of parents and, and we've already talked about this on the podcast, but I want to reiterate it again. Like, I run a lot of parents that say that their kids are tough, but you shouldn't take that. You should fight. Really? Like, is that really what we want to teach our kids? You're not teaching your kids toughness. You're teaching them to be a butthole. And you're teaching a kid that is six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve 10, 11, 12 that they don't understand situations in life and what's going on. But what if we teach them to always stay out of the situation, not get physical, not throw punches? Oh, he's a sissy. No, you're not a sissy. That's strength. Like, that's mm. that's real strength. and And I think... We're so manly, masculine. We want to show toughness. Well, I got news for you. In this generation, this day and age, it only takes one real act of toughness to be dead. Mm. Realistically. I mean, you see it all the time. You want to play tough, and something happens. One one moment, one one instance, one fight. Like, But are we really showing our kids? Like, that's not...
1: You know, you know what I thought of when you said that? What? Was Coach Rick's testimony. about Pablo. The, Pablo. Yeah. Because the guy... Rolled up, tough guy. They were going to fight or whatever. and the guy pulls a gun out.
2: Yeah, and you're and you're gone. Yeah. I mean, but but I I think that's a that's a fun. It's a fun model. It's a fun pursuit. It's something that I'm I can be really really good at. But the situations that I have to be better at are those ones when it gets high anxiety and some, when somebody says something to you that's cutting, or somebody says something to you that's rude or about your family, like. That's where I get a little bit, you know, your, your muscles get a little bit tense and you want to do something about it. And then, you know what ends up happening every single time? After every time I've made a smart-out comment to somebody, I've had to apologize. You got to go back and apologize regardless. So can we be good enough or, or can we try to be good enough where every situation where we, we zip it down and in the moment we show that greatness, like in the moment we show how to be humble, How to just take it no matter what it is, no matter what the situation is.
1: So what's what's your practical encouragement to Nicholas? Like if someone's bullying him, we've talked about this a lot. I mean, what how do you want him to respond? Get out of the
2: situation. You know, get away from the situation. If you're in school and something like that happens, then find an adult. But under no circumstances are we throwing punches. Like that's the last option if you can't get somebody off you. And that's and again, sure. I'm sure everybody's. I'm sure dads out there are thinking that's soft. No, it's not. That's not soft for me. That's that. That's what I want Nicholas to do. I do not. I want him at all costs not to get in a fight. Like, do I want him to defend his sister? Yeah. I'm also not telling him to knock somebody out because somebody says something to his sister. That's not. That's also not what I want. Like, yes, I want you to stick up for your sister, and I want you to be a good big brother. But that doesn't mean we have to be take it to the hundredth percent over there. Like, stand up for. Her take her out of the way, like get her out of the situation, make sure everything's fine. But I'm not trying to escalate this and make it physical. And I just, I, I don't think that's what a man looks like. And, and I've, I've, I've been in a lot of fights on the football field. I've never been in one off the field ever in my life. But um, I just, I don't see how that proves anything besides the fact that I'm petty. I'm letting my anger get the best of me. There's nothing about that that I feel like is in that book right there.
1: Not in the New Testament anyways. Well, I think with, with Jesus be- <laughs> <laughs> Not in the New Testament. So, Joel and I are, are reading through the Bible in a year, and we've been reading through the Old Testament. Do you hey, start in Genesis? We start in Genesis. Okay. Where are we at? We're, we're in Joshua. Well, we're in... Uh, you don't know. Second Chronicles. Uh-huh. Second Chronicles. Pretty solid. But he texted me a couple of weeks ago. We were in Joshua. He's like Joshua is wild because all this <laughs> man uh, is crazy. Uh, G- Jesus, uh, <laughs> God is telling God them to go like uh, kill all these people. You know, like win the wars and, and kill uh, the whole nation and the women and the like. What's Even like, when you're outnumbered it's like by the a lot, o- opposite of what Jesus yeah is saying. Well, they were so, taking
0: so. over these cities and plundering and killing literally everybody.
1: But that was God's command. Yeah, he wanted to wipe him out. He so to wipe him and Joel, out. Joel was like, "This is the opposite of Jesus, you know." So it's a, it, it's been it's been good. It's been it's been it'll challenge your faith re- reading through the Old 100%. Testament. There's, there's a lot of crazy stories. Nicholas is going um, through it
2: in school, and he's the same thing. He's like, "Whoa!" He was like, "This is." They're
1: reading the Old Testament in school. No,
2: well, he does. Nicholas is a he reads. I, I've told you all this before, but he's a big reader, and I told him I was like, "Dude, what if you?" He reads, you know, four or five hundred page books a week at least. Like he just he loves to read. And I said, "What if you picked up your Bible? Like, what if you started reading your Bible?" And he went, Genesis, Genesis Exodus, Leviticus, like that. I mean, and within, and I started in the in the New Testament because I know he'll catch me. So I was like, "I'll get through the New Testament while he'll catch me and and get through the whole Bible because he just loves to read." Um, but it's definitely conversations, and you're like, "Whoa!" And you're like, "Listen, this wasn't written at the same time. <laughs> this isn't the same." This isn't the same world. Neither is the New Testament, by the way. Like, we got to understand the difference between old times, what the differences were, language barriers, all that stuff. There's a lot that goes into understanding the Bible. And then there's a lot of it that I look at and I go, I, I don't understand that, period. Why do we do that? Why is it like that? But there's... And, and I told him this. This is exactly what I told him. I said, but there's something God has for us to learn from it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. And if some of it's some of it's horrible. I mean, some of you reading you're just like, what the heck is... Why? Like, what but there's something to take away from this that it's there for a reason. It's in his holy book yeah. for a reason.
1: B- Biblical principles. Yeah. B- Biblical principles are timeless and they, they can be applied, you know, to every se- every season of life and, and that's why Jesus was so radical and even him talking about the beatitudes here it was completely opposite than what some of the, some of the things you're talking about like we should we should live our lives completely different than the rest of the world and and the some other dads are saying, you know, stand up for yourself and fight and whatever, and you're saying turn the other cheek and and be humble and you know avoid avoid the conversation. But when Jesus is teaching the Sermon on the Mount, this, this is this is blowing them away because he's talking about poor and and humble. Well, and the
2: poor were looked at like what in the Bible? When you were poor, you were looked at like what? Like well, you were like lower. You were lower than low. Lower, yeah. Like there's a reason you were poor. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't. It wasn't hard times. You were, you were a bad person. Like you, there was a reason that you were chosen to be poor and you were horrible. Like that's, that's why I think that's important too, is because Jesus is like, no, 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 you ain't better than him. And we, we all need yeah. some of that in our lives because we have a tendency to compare and look at other people. And I know I do. I, I can definitely justify myself very quickly and look at other people and that
1: ah, I'm not that bad. No, it's not, it's not, that's, I think he's going to smack you in the face right away. Yeah. Jesus' teaching was very radical. So, after humility, he says, verse 6, he says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. In some translations, say righteousness, hunger hunger and thirst for justice. I think my interpretation of is those who are seeking to do what is right. like, And that's kind of... To your illustration with Nicholas is not doing what's popular, but do doing what is what is right. And I went back to Micah six eight says, "No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what He requires of you: to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God." So, so what are you, what are your thoughts on? It's hard doing what's right.
2: It's hard to do what's right. And I think it's in today's times, it's it it gets blurred quickly of what's white, white, what's white and wrong. Um, but uh, you know, and, and it's we something we talk about as a family all the time is like we want to do what's right, we want to stand out, we want to be set apart, we want to be different. And it takes intentionality, and it takes being okay with being made fun of, being okay with being different, not being included, which is tough, you know. Um, but I completely, completely get it. It's, it's going to be, it's probably going to be harder for kids than adults because adults, you're, you're past that. Like adults, you understand it, you get it. Nobody cares about high school anymore. Nobody thinks about high school anymore, but when you're in it, you think it's the biggest, you know, biggest deal in the world. And so it's tough. It's tough being a parent that's, that's negotiating that with kids. And because it's got to be their walk, it's got to be their life. We can't be. We can't be like Jennifer talked about weeks, and weeks and weeks and weeks ago on Mother's Day. We can't, we can't be helicopter parents. I don't want to be a helicopter parent. I know she liked being a helicopter parent. <laughs> I don't want to be a helicopter parent. Like, I think we we have to let them experience it. We have to let them fail. We have to let them have those those consequences, and the, and then you learn from it and learn what you know what not to do. How did I perpetuate this? How did I make it worse? But, but I think it's it's increasingly tougher for kids to. Because there's so much that shows them that social media is good. There's so much that shows them that sex is good. So now more people are telling them that's good than more people are telling them that's good. And I'm talking about the point of the Bible. Right. So that's a, that's a hard dynamic that you got to be willing to say, no, that's not my truth. That's not what, That's not the way I live my life. You can do it. And you know what else is tough? Like It's also tough not to raise Pharisaical children. Like, in turn, it's also tough to be like, man, okay, I'm not going to live that way. That's not the way I've chosen to live. That's not the way you should live. But wait a minute, don't point fingers either. That, there's another thing that's yeah. difficult. I don't know if you've had things with that in the past, but I'm like, well, yeah, they're they're different. They're doing this a different way. We're going to do it this our way, but at the same time, we're trying not to judge them and, and say bad things about them. But you do realize, like... It, it isn't right. So it, it's, 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 that's yeah. so why parenting's it's hard as far as
1: I agree with you. Cause you want to, you want to do what is right and you want your kids to do what is right, but do you want to judge somebody else? Because every, everybody has different convictions. And so we, we study the word of God for ourselves, different people interpret, interpret it different ways. Well, th- this is what we believe is absolute truth. And, and I love that Kind of getting back to the word here, it says, do what is right, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And so, if you one of the stories that Jesus tells, uh, the story of the sheep and the goats, and, and kind of the end of times, and he come, he's going to come back, and he's going to separate the people between the between the sheep and the goats, and the the, the sheep are going to be on his right, and the goats are on his left. And and then and he goes on to say, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. And then they're going to say, well, what what do we do for you? And and he goes into all of these things that they were talking about here, but, but caring for the poor care, caring for the, um, the person, the person in prison, you know, clothing people who need clothing, feeding, feeding, you know, and they're like, well, when did I do this? And he says, whatever you did for the least of these, you, you did it for me. And so I think teaching our kids that, I mean, these are a lot of the things that a lot of parents aren't talking about. And I know you're trying to put your kids in situations where they can care for care for the least of these.
2: Yeah but, but to me, it's, that's what's doing what's right correct but the the question is always you know every summer we talk about this like how do we how do we find more of those opportunities and like you talked about the mission trip to would be awesome like to with compassion with to go see your kids over that we're going to we're going to make that, that happen would be un, we're going to make that that would happen. be unbelievably amazing um, but it, it's hard to find those opportunities because of where we live and what we have like we have a we Americans we have excess of all, everything like we have a lot of things so it's definitely it's definitely tough. we got to do we got to be yeah. purposeful with that with our kids to, to show them that because me and Lindsay are always looking for opportunities. We don't do the best job of finding them all the time.
1: Well that, that, that's a good segue into the next one which is verse seven it says God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy And I think sometimes you don't have to look for opportunities. God brings opportunities. Right in front of you. So people who are in need, people who are in stress. I was thinking about the story of the Good Samaritan. And, you know, Jesus tells that story because they say, because Jesus says to love God and love your neighbor. And then the guy says, well, who is my neighbor? And, And then he goes on to tell the story of the Good Samaritan. And so as God brings people across our paths every day, we can be kind to them. We can show mercy to them. We can care for them.
2: So, how do you teach your kids to be compassionate? You're compassionate,
1: right? I, I think mean, yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's a, it's a hundred percent. Like, for example, and this is this is layman's terms. This is sports terms. Sports terms always work, I think, for everybody. Um, how do you teach your kid to be a great teammate? If you're a parent in the stands that only cheers for you, your kid kids are cheering for your kids are doing that your kids are going to cheer for themselves they're going to cheer for one person if you're cheering for everybody you sharing everybody's success that's a small way Mm -hmm. like that's it's a it's a small thing i know and i'm that's a small psychotic little area but that's definitely an area that we can teach our kids to love everybody cheer for everybody celebrate everybody like go out of your way to make sure that you're that you're kind to people. And it's the same thing that we should be doing. Like Nicholas, he'll get annoyed all the time. He's like, you'll sit there and talk for people for 15 minutes. I'll ask you who they are. You didn't even know their name. I was like, I don't know, but there was a reason I was supposed to talk to him. I mean, something was supposed to come about with this conversation. I don't know what
1: it was, but something will come about, you know? And I think it's, Mm. but we definitely, you never know the impact. So this, I can't remember. I met this guy. I can't, I can't remember who, I can't even remember where, where I met him. Somehow he knew you and I were friends. And I don't know if you knew about the podcast or whatever. Friends, we're acquaintances. <laughs> you're starting to sound like my daughter. Because <laughs> She has this huge differentiation between a friend and an acquaintance. But anyway, I, w- I would love to hear her her definition <laughs> of that one day. But continue. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I can't remember. I'm getting old, man. Yes, you Can are. Can I blame it on COVID? That I, that no, I can't remember. No, that has things? nothing to
2: do with COVID. But you talking about somebody you met that we knew we were friends.
1: So this guy runs into you at Dick Sporting Goods or Academy Sports or somewhere in some pl- some store. Okay. But long story short, he said that you sat there and talked to him for like 20 minutes. Like you just kind of he he came up and introduced himself to you and you just started and he he was he was so impacted that you just that you talked to him for 20 minutes. And he just spoke so highly of you and how great you were. And I was like, well, do you really know him? I was like, about God, to say, did you get to know him? Because, <laughs> oh, you must have had caught him on a good day. <laughs> no, but he was so impacted that, that you would just spend the time to spend 20 minutes of your life, mm-hmm. you know, talking to a total stranger.
2: But just like everything else, you know, like all the, the qualities about your kids that annoy the crud out of you is, is what you've modeled. It's probably what's in you. It's what drives you nuts about them, but. They're going to, they're going to continue to make it like whatever you model, they're going to make it like they're going to continue to be like it. So I mean, I'm that, that, honest to goodness, I, I think I grow more spiritually and as a person now, just because I, I know my kids are always watching mm-hmm. like the level of accountability yeah. is just totally different. Like with the phone, with how I talk to, to mommy, like how I communicate with other people what I say, you know, I, I mean, it's just, it's interesting because I, I hear it more. My, Leah just turned 13 the other day. Nicholas is 14. And I hear it, whatever I've said, whatever jokes I use, whatever saying, smart out comments I use, like they all come out of them.
1: Let's, let's finish up on these Beatitudes. Uh, verse 8 he says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Pure hearts, pure motives. Purity, any any thoughts there?
2: Well, pure hearts. I mean, just ones. I, I don't necessarily think a pure heart, it's not a perfect heart because we're not perfect, but we're trying to be perfect. We're trying to do our best in all situations. We own up to situations that we don't, just pure, just trying to do what's right on the path gonna step off the path but once i step off i'm gonna step back on that's i mean that's what that's how i kind of think about it. being
1: authentic being real yeah i mean being having the right motives you're not doing you're not doing things to to fool somebody or trick somebody or trying to be something that you're not which of course great example with the kids again oh yeah (laughs) because you can't hide anything from them all right let's let's move on peacemakers uh, verse 9 says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And the whole idea, you know, I think that's where the, so many people were confused about Jesus because they thought he was coming to lead this revolt, but he was really the prince of peace. I mean, he, he was coming to bring, he came to bring peace. He, he comes gentle and riding on a donkey, and they, they were wanting him to take over, of course, the, the context of the time as the Roman Empire was in control Trying of to make him king. Jerusalem. They were they were wanting him they to want be him to king, go to work, yeah. and he said, "No, I'm, I'm coming to bring to bring peace." And I think this goes back to what what you were saying earlier about uh, how we should be different. You know, we're not looking to cause fights or get into fights, but we're looking to to bring peace to to situations.
2: Well, and and I think and Lindsay did this in a Bible study a long time ago. And she came home from a Bible study and she was like, oh my word. And I was like, what? She was like, all this time I thought about you and how you're kind of confrontational and you say things to people and this, that, and the other. She was like, we just went through a Bible study and you're a peacemaker. And I was like, what? She was like, you don't say things to people to hurt them, but you say difficult things to people to try to bring peace to their life. Are you a peacemaker or a peace faker? Because there are people that, oh, that's tough. That's sorry, sorry, sorry. Or do you really like try to bring peace and try to help people with their lives and try to help people with their struggles and try to lay out thought processes or talk through things? And do you come beside them when they're struggling? I think that's that is one of my favorite things to do in life. When people are going through something hard, man, I want to fight with them. Like I want to jump in there and start swinging with them. Like as much as I can, send them text, whatever. Like, are you are you a peacemaker? Are you really trying to find peace or are you trying to be a butthole and stir up stuff and drama? There's people like that as well, but you know, or, or then on the other side, are you, you know, are you peace faker, peace peacemaker? I think it's, I thought it was very interesting when she came home from a Bible study and said that because it's easy to just kind of fake it and not really be in it to try to help somebody, but. Helping somebody with find pieces.
1: Yeah, I haven't thought about it that way. But if someone is going through something difficult or something challenges happening in their lives, instead of just patting them on the back and saying "Good luck," oh, oh it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. You didn't. You didn't do anything wrong. You're kind of coming in with saying, "Hey, how can how can we correct this? How can we do better? How, how can we solve this?" And I'm willing to help you do it. Yeah. So
2: I mean, what did Jesus talk about? Like you, you're those of you that walk by somebody that says that doesn't have anything and you just walk by them and, oh, peace be with you. I'll pray for you. You didn't do anything for them,
1: right? Em- empty
2: words. It's empty words, empty right? Words. Like we, we walk by somebody yeah. that needs something, but we don't lift a hand or we don't do something to change their situation. And there's a, and listen, there, there's we're not going to see a lot of people that we walk by that need food on the side of the street. We're not going to see that. But you are with people on the daily, on the regular, excuse me, daily, that you see people that are hurting. That could use a a little love that could use a little nudge that could use a little more positivity maybe just a text message that hey dude thinking about you praying for you you know i
1: mean something like something like that that you can always help try to bring some peace yeah i was just thinking too one of the ways you create conflict is to talk bad about people or to gossip about people stir things up and so not being someone who does who's stirring things up between people, but someone who's bringing peace and helping people reconcile those relationships. Yep. So, all right. And then the last one, he talks about the persecuted. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing what is right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. That so, makes me think a lot of things. What? It, what is well, it, first,
2: it makes me think that we think we live a life in, of, of persecution. Just read your Bible. Like start start reading your Bible and see what... Just start with Acts. Just start personally with. personally
1: don't know anyone who's being martyred for their no, faith, being start killed with, for their faith, They're being thrown in jail for their faith. Start with Acts, work your way back. I mean, you're going to see a ton of that. I mean... I guess persecution in our world would be getting canceled, maybe.
2: Yeah, or, you know, lose, missing out on worldly things, missing out on popularity, miss, I mean, things we talked about earlier, missing out on world... Uh, worldly things you know that
1: or maybe not getting invited to a certain party because people know that you're different you're not going to be participating in what they're participating in
2: getting called names that you're gonna be different you're gonna be different kind of names and you're gonna be the bible thumper or the jesus freak or but no, that real persecution if you read your bible you can read about some i mean it's just amazing and i that's what i told my small group last week i was like dude if y'all really read the bible and you realize that you know all the authors, all the books, so many people that went through so much to make this happen, that gave so much of themselves of their lives, and we could go down the list of people in the Bible. Like you're not giving up that much. <laughs> your
1: your yeah. decision, and, then, and there are, decision are people all over much. the world who are being persecuted, yeah, and being thrown in, you know, out in the the far east and the Middle East. I was thinking about standing you know we we will get persecuted if we're standing up for truth for standing up for justice the sanctity of life I and mean, that's a huge issue um uh winning winning the war on abortion um gender issues yeah. standing up for marriage like there's there's a lot of you know and, and christians are, are being tainted as judgmental but really we're just standing up for the truth and, and what god's word said and trying and trying to teach our kids
2: We can be judgmental, too.
1: But we can be judgmental. We can be a
2: smidge judgmental. We can be a smidge pharisaical, but things to work
1: on for sure. So, credibility, living credible lives. And then he goes on to say that we would be the salt of the earth, the light of the world.
2: So, to close this episode, I once heard a quote from the great philosopher, (laughs) Pastor Jay. And what is it?
1: If you want to be incredible, you first have to be credible. Boom.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. So through Compassion, we sponsor hundreds of children who may be poor in wealth, but they are rich in spirit. Their hope is not in this life, but in the next. So ours should be too. And Davey's question is super convicting to me. If Jesus answered every prayer you prayed this week, how many people will come to know Jesus? How often do you pray for the lost? Is your mind on heavenly things or earthly things? Let's focus our gaze this week on Jesus and on things above. Join us in creating a prayer list of 10 people in your life that you want to see come to know Jesus. Let's be eager and expectant in praying for these people. If you found this episode helpful, encouraging, or entertaining, please let us know by subscribing to the podcast or by writing a review. You can also reach us on Instagram and Twitter at Family Goals Thank you again for listening to the Family Goals Podcast, and we'll catch you next week.